0: Eight early signs that a relationship won't last. Hey, I'm Antje Boyd, magnetized human expert, married to my incredible husband Brody for over eight years. So let's go ahead and dive right into the eight early signs that your relationship won't last. Number eight is the passive aggressive trap. What can happen is when you grew up in a household where passive aggression was modeled to you, so Maybe you've seen your mom just kind of rolling her eyes. Maybe your dad asked her, like, Is everything okay? And she would just say, I'm fine, I'm fine. But you clearly knew that your mom wasn't fine. Oh, the dad hit a chord for you. Maybe that's what you do in your relationship. Like you were actually the one who's like slamming the door and just saying, Everything is good. I don't need to talk. I don't need anything. But like, fine actually means feelings inside not expressed. So, you got to ask yourself, you know, what feelings are not expressed? However, if you see that this passive aggression, which, by the way, research actually shows that outright aggression is less harmful than passive aggression. And here's why. There's actually a couple of different reasons. For one, when you're um outright aggressive, you're kind of almost familiar with that monster, right? You kind of, like, have the ability to harness it in some way, shape, or form. However, when you're passive-aggressive, That means you're actually trying to put on a good face to the outside. That means the monster is inside of you uncontrolled. It can come out at any time. I'm sure you've heard that metaphor of the water ball you're pushing under the water. If you push the water ball under the water with your hand, and you, of course, use as much pressure as you can to keep it underwater, what happens eventually? Well, to forces of the water and dynamics, it pops up somewhere else. And the same is true with passive aggression. When you have something unexpressed inside of yourself, maybe you're angry, but you don't want to express it because maybe in your household you learned that it's not safe to express anger, that it's not adequate to express anger. You know, it's not mature to express anger, right? We're just like very even killed people here. Or maybe you were laughed at. Maybe you were threatened when you expressed anger. Or maybe it was sadness. And you could just like not express your sadness because it just simply didn't feel safe because you would feel inferior or insecure, inadequate towards your parents or towards other partners. And then your solution was, well, let me just become passive aggressive. However, when you do that, your relationship could end really soon. So again, in order to avoid that, look actually, what are you suppressing? What is the judgment that you have of yourself that you've observed as a child by your parents, and now you unconsciously expect your partner to act the same way. Now, even worse if both partners are passive-aggressive because then we're almost starting to talk about stonewalling and Gottman's four horsemen. Number seven is there's no friends alignment. Look, if you don't like their friends, that could be really bad news because research actually shows that if you don't like their friends there's a really high likelihood that it's not going to last because show me your friends and I tell you who you are. So the friends are usually the five close people in his life are what equates to him, right? What makes him him? I mean, hopefully, you know, if he's conscious about it, right? So if you don't like his friends... That means you don't like his social circle. That means you don't like this energy that he surrounds himself with. There's a really high chance that you're not going to be in alignment with his values. So you really have to see, you know, why you don't like his friends, right? Oh, they're more like abrasive and outright, and you're more like timid, and you're like soft-spoken, right? And they're more like aggressive, or is it the other way around? You are more the outspoken one, and they're just like, you know what? You don't need to be so loud, right? Or maybe they go to concerts, um, heavy metal, and you can't stand heavy metal. I don't know what it is, right? Maybe they drink too much, maybe they don't drink enough, Um, whatever it is, but you just like kind of, you don't gel with their friends. And I mean, if you have one or two that you don't gel with, that's fine because you don't, you're not going to gel with everyone. Let me tell you, girlfriend. However, if you find like that, you really don't like any of his friends. There's a really high chance that the atmosphere that he is under, you don't like. And that means you don't like the atmosphere that he would put you under. And that is really bad news because guess what? Your partner becomes your atmosphere. Your partner becomes your unconscious, especially once you move in together. Look, you don't have that much willpower to constantly be aware of like, what did he say? What should I be aware of? Oh, what's that belief? Is that serving me? Is that a high, high vibrational thing to say, right? You're just going to start absorbing it. It's kind of like how children absorb from their parents. So your partner becomes your environment and your environment trumps willpower. So be very mindful of that. Number six is... The low trust quotient. Do you constantly have this feeling that you know I don't want to share that secret with him? Oh, I don't. Mm, I probably should not tell him about what happened in my childhood. And you know, you can also tell. You know, he may have something on his heart. And he said he, he's just going to wave it off. He's like, no, it's fine. We're good. I, it's it's all good. I'm just stressed. But you can tell that he's holding something back. Now that points to a low trust quotient. And what's going to start happening is that there's actually a couple of things. For one, you will not be able to build the intimacy, the emotional connection, the authenticity and transparency that a long-term, deep-connected, long-term relationship needs. And you also will not be able to actually express yourself for all of who you are. And because of that, you will eventually hit a wall. Or you can call it a plateau. Now, when you hit that plateau, that's when people usually say, we grew apart. You know, nothing wrong with him. I just like, I just kind of was bland. You know, we're just like, "Mm," you know what I mean? We're just like, we got to the end of the rope. Like, but you should really ask yourself, what is the end of the rope? What is that? That means you're no longer growing. And why are you no longer growing? Because you don't trust each other. So you have to ask yourself, are the trust issues coming from your childhood? See, I'm an expert in that, right? I study personality psychology at UC Berkeley. I constantly look at what person, personal development, what, um, childhood development pattern you're in that you got stuck in. What are you modeling? Things like that, right? Um, or you could also see like attachment styles, like anxious attachment styles and avoidant attachment styles equally don't trust. Now, the reason why they don't trust is because let's bring sleep training as an example. So when you sleep train your baby, and I may say something that a lot of people don't want to hear, but it's true because we've proven that with research and how the nervous system actually responds, is that when you sleep train a baby, you abandon the baby. So people think like, oh, it's great. The baby learned to soothe herself or himself. And it's so wonderful. My baby sleeps through the night. However, research actually shows, and if you guys want that article, I'm happy to send you guys this article. So the research actually shows that that the babies were actually not sleeping. They had just learned to not cry. And what they learned to do instead is to not, never trust their parents again right what they started to do is they could freeze their nervous system right they could just like shrink wrap their nervous system so to say if you think on a nervous system level and never trust again so it could be that you have trust issues because of your childhood not saying that you sleep trained but things like that that are unconscious that were promoted by uh, by child psychologists and so on and to this day being promoted like crazy you just have to go on youtube and and watch it yourself right total ignorance around that around that um Attachment informed sleep training, total ignorance around that. But anyways, I digress. It could also be anything else, right? So maybe your dad was cheating. Maybe your mom was cheating. You know, maybe there was constantly like the doors were closed. Your parents were talking. You got, you knew like you and your brother, you, and your sisters, like you knew something's going on, but they wouldn't talk about it. And so because of that, you also learned, hey, you know, I should not share all of my things, right? I should like hold to myself because that's what I was taught to, um, in my childhood as well. So those are some things for you to look at if that's something that's happening for you and there's a low trust quotient in your relationship. Number five is look, it's too much couple identity. You could also call that too much too much codependence. Do you feel like you have to go like everywhere together? You link arms, you go shopping together, right? Even though maybe the guy hates Let's say even shoe shopping, you know what I mean? Um, You know, you feel like, let's say, I don't know, you're entrepreneurs. You have to travel everywhere together. You have to speak together all the time, like uh, whatever it is, right? But you have to just do everything together. You have to go on the walk with the dog together. You have to go uh, pick up your food from the, the dinner, you know, together, right? Like your friends are merging. Everything is like together, together, together. However, that is really unhealthy because again, there's danger that with codependence, you actually feel like you're sitting on each other and there's no longer outside novel influences that help the relationship to grow. There's not enough variety that comes into the relationship, right, where we actually feel like, oh, we're actually facing uncertainty. Oh, we're actually stepping outside of our comfort zone. Oh, we're leaping actually off the edge here. And this is actually what's growing us deeper together. So what you want to do instead, you want to make sure you balance it with the individual identity. So what that actually means is that you want to make sure you have your own, you have your own um time, you know, your own hobbies, your own friends, even if it's just a couple. Like maybe go to the grocery store by yourself, like whatever it is, right? But just make sure that you still know how you feel individually. Because when you merged, boundaries will merge. You will never know. Who am I? Who, Who is he? Or the other way around, right? Like, you don't know because you just merge together. You dream together. You sleep together. You talk the same way. All the things. And you're like, oh, he or she is my soulmate. You know, but then at some point it falls apart because too codependent. You know, it gets too boring. Or you guys get both angry because you both have the same shadow meaning you have the same part inside of yourself that you judge or you start to project onto each other what you don't like in yourself and so on. Number four is criticism over acceptance. Look, it's extremely important for you to feel safe, to feel accepted for all of who you are. Now, this goes back to sharing all of who you are, trusting the other person. So, if the other person is constantly receiving you with criticism and always says something, I well, you know, I would buy that pair in a size bigger. You know what I mean? Like, just you know, just want to make sure you look good, right? Or like, you know, I don't know if I like your hair color, you know, or like, you know, you don't need to always like be so bitchy with your coworkers. Or so that's this constant like criticism, like, oh, you bought brown eggs. I actually like white eggs, or. You know what I mean? Oh, you brought the low-skim milk. Like, I actually wanted to have the fat milk. Or, you know, there there's something, like, that constantly triggers this childhood wound of, like, not being good enough, right? It's like, no matter what I do, I'm being criticized for it versus being fully accepted. And what happens is, when you're constantly being criticized, you're actually putting up walls. So, for one, you're actually a b- b- mad at yourself because you're allowing the other person to criticize you, and then you get mad at yourself, and then you project it onto the other person. You start to become resentful, and you start to maybe counter it with passive aggression, or you start to snap, right? And you're like, "Why well, you're not always on time?" You know, like you're you're not always clean up the dishes, and then sort of it becomes this like back and forth game of two parts of him and you, right? Where you guys are actually like coming from defense mechanisms. You're no longer connecting to each other, and then because of that. The connection bond erodes, right? And it's so sad, right? Rather than actually accepting. And what happens is you want to actually learn to accept yourself first because when you accept yourself first, chances are way smaller that you will attract a man into your life who doesn't accept you or who won't accept you after he tests you. See, I had men in my life, in my dating journey, who were testing me. You know, one man was saying to me, um, that was like, I don't know, we were dating for a couple of weeks. And he said, you know, you're just kind of too affectionate, right? You're too kind of like, you're you're hugging too much. And you're like, I don't know, you know? And I said, oh, well, I had already accepted that part inside of myself. So I could authentically say, I had done a lot of work around it, right? Worthiness uh, and value work. And I said, that's who I am. And then because it came from alignment, And I was speaking it to him and he was not coming from alignment because the reason why he made this statement was because he didn't feel comfortable with intimacy. You know, he was afraid of a deeper connection. So he needed to throw a little wrench in the wheel, so to say, a wrench in the wheel. And so then he said, oh, no, 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 no. So he actually started to respond with a shame shield because he felt embarrassed that he said that because I was totally advocating for my needs. This is who I am. I didn't even say take it or leave it because that's passive aggressive again, right? Uh, But just this is like, if somebody told me that I have blonde hair, okay, thanks, I guess. I know that. And because of that, he responded with the shame shield of like um, denial, right? He's like, oh, no, 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 I'm just joking, just joking. You know what I mean? No, I love it. I love it. It's great. I love hugs. And he just like pursued me like crazy, right? So I tell you, you can turn this around when you do work on accepting yourself and healing your love blueprint. Number three is unequal investment. Do you constantly feel like you're the first one who picks up the phone, who makes plans for the weekend, who constantly comes up with creative ideas, but you feel like kind of, am I carrying all the weight by myself? Like, I don't really feel like that he's actually contributing in any way, shape, or form, that he's in some way, shape, or form pro Active, actually, one of the reasons why I hate the the app Bumble, because Bumble pushes you right away from the get-go into um, the man into the passive, right? Because now you have established a dynamic, and my husband and I always say how a relationship starts, that how it usually continues, because we're actually saying that we're always agreeing what we are creating in the first place. It has something to do with being congruent with our identity. Now, when we are essentially like, oh, now we're off the app, so now we're actually, you know, that's just a side note. But if you constantly feel like, wait, I'm the one who thinks about what to give him for his birthday, and I'm thinking about, you know, what kind of shirt. He had like one client, and she was like, oh, I was like wondering if I could buy him this Hawaiian shirt and all of these things, right? And he's like, wait, what? No. And I said, what are you doing? You know, because what what's going to start happening is that he will start taking you for granted and you will take potentially even on abuse of partners as well, because they're like, oh, oh, she just focuses on me. So then I can just focus on myself. So narcissists would fall into that category, for example. And then or also like emotionally unavailable men, like a dismissive avoidant attachment style, who's definitely afraid of intimacy, would fall into that category, right? Where you constantly feel like I have to carry the weight. Now, if that happens, again, it won't last, girlfriend. Because for it, you will grow resentful after a while, and you will actually break it off. Because here's the thing, and Tony Robbins talks about that. It's called the crazy eight concept. So on the one hand, we want to have, like, feel that connection to ourselves, right? That sense of, you know, maybe also certainty and significance. And how we do that is by actually going sort of, like, into the helpless victim pattern. Okay, so, you know, we're like, we're going like, oh, why is this happening to me? And so sad, right? And then the friends are picking up the phone and listening to your story and you feel so connected to yourself and you are certain about it because it's happening all the time. You actually, uh, as a matter of fact, you can totally predict it, right? So then at some point you get sick and tired of feeling helpless and powerless. So you say, it's time for me to swing into the opposite, which is the power part, Right. That's you. I could call it the bitch in my framework. So when you go into the bitch now, out of the sudden you're abrasive. I don't care, you know, whatever. And this is what starts to happen when you're in an unequal investment situation. You actually can also start to uh, flip. You know, I had clients who were actually explaining to me that out of the sudden the man didn't have time and all the things. And then they were just like flipping on them and starting to insult them. You know, and said, like, you never have time for me. And that totally changed that tone of voice. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Because on the crazy concept, right, she wanted to feel powerful again, right? She wanted to feel significant again, right? She wanted to feel heard again. She wanted to uh, trust herself again. And so that's what's going to start happening if you're in an unequal investment relationship. So again, how you change that is from the get-go. You make sure that it is equal, right? That you're not giving more. Than they do. I don't say tit for tat. But if you notice weeks go by and it's always you, learning to lean back. Learning like, wow, where did I learn that like, if I don't make something happen? See, that was my story. I got prayers about this like two years ago or so, two and a half years ago or something like that. Because I just thought, hey, if I don't make things happen, and it was more business related, right? Um, then it's not going to happen, you know, friendship-wise, right? Like if I don't approach people, if I don't uh, bring the party, you know what I mean? But then once I got healing around it, I actually realized, like, wait a minute, and I teach to my women too, right? It's actually, no, there's actually tons of people who would love to actually come to you, including men, and would love to invest into you. But you have to feel safe to receive. Like, you have to feel safe to receive. And that is something that you have to learn over time because you have to warm up your nervous system, those receptors in your nervous system. All right, number two, you feel controlled. Do you constantly feel like, no, babe, you can't go out in that short skirt, you know? No, you know what? Like, I don't like when you cut your hair shorter than, like, shoulder length, you know? And then, No, I don't really like when you wear those, like, big earrings. It's, like, a little, like, trashy, you know? Um, so you feel constantly, like, controlled, right? He's like, no, let's do, let's do dinner at, at the Chinese restaurant. It's, like, right around the corner, you know? Uh, And you also feel like sometimes that he has even jealousy on top of that. You know what I mean? So you feel controlled. You feel kind of restricted. That's never going to work out because like you will actually start rebelling. You didn't even know that you're a rebel until you meet someone who wants to control you. And then because he builds resistance, you fight against it. It's just total human nature. Right? There's barely anyone who's like, yeah, please control me. I love it. I love to give up all my freedom and all my choices and my voice. And it's great. I love it. Make all the decisions for me. Right? No. As a matter of fact, do you know why kids in childhood actually take on all the responsibility? When they always say, well, my mom was an alcoholic. You know, my mom wasn't emotionally available. My mom had like 10 kids or whatever it is. Right? Like, why did they to take on coping mechanisms, coping mechanisms being like, okay, it's actually my fault that this was happening. So they take on responsibility. You know what I do that? Because that they maintain a sense of agency and individuality. So this is inside of ourselves. So if you're somewhere in a relationship where you're controlled, you're out of there. You're out of there because control equals fear. Surrender equals trust. Number one, limited self-expression. You know, and this I can actually like really relate to because when I grew up, I would like sing and dance and skip through the house. And my mom would be like, oh, aren't you please? Oh my gosh, right? I would do the dishes and sing, you know what I mean? And uh, the window of the kitchen would face the driveway and things like that, right? Um, And so, yeah, so limited self-expression, right? So is he constantly like stifling Again, your voice, the way you dress, uh, your friends, right? Maybe the job you chose, you know what I mean? Maybe the music you like, right? They said it's constantly like, no, you can't do this. No, you can't. No, shh. I mean, you can't mention that at dinner, right? It's like a little embarrassing. So, going to give that to ourselves, right? So, you know what I mean? Because we'll come up as a little immature. But yeah, you're not that immature, right? And so if you notice like this constantly, that's like, no, 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 you can't do this. No, 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 You got to dim your light. Like you got to, no, 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 You can't do this. Um, like that's also going to eventually stifle the relationship because when, when you have to limit your self-expression, essentially you're going to wither away, right? Because you can't blossom. You're not being really seen for all of who you are, right? You can't. You can't feel the joy and the creativity and the abundance and the embodiment. like Because remember, you exist on a mental, on an emotional, on a physical, and also on an energetic level, right? So on a visceral level. And so if they start to become suppressed, then you come out of alignment. And when you come out of alignment, a lot of things will stop working, right? You may start not getting the race at work. Uh, you may not... Feel other things being in place the way you actually need. And for those of you who stayed until the very end, the blame game. So I I know how this can go. So when you can be angry sometimes, mostly at yourself or even afraid. And you're in a situation like that. And you're like placating instead. You're like, no, it's your fault. Like, why did you not take make sure that we got the right house, you know? Or why did you not make sure that we got the right restaurant? Why didn't you make sure that the restaurant is open? Hello? Why didn't you make sure that uh, the gas is filled up in the tank? Because now it's empty and we're like pushing the car or, you know, why didn't you make sure that you get your tires changed because now the f- t- there's a flat tire? And there's always like this blaming. There's always like giving up responsibility and ownership. So if that happens, right, especially with it goes side like both ways, that's also going to erode the relationship. Because for one, it's really piercing at the other person all the time. And I have to say that's definitely something that I'm a little guilty of. And the reason why is because I've observed it from my mom. So she was modeling it. it was always my dad's fault. She was always blaming my dad for everything and all the things, right? Um, and that makes sense also with the passive-aggressive nature of a narcissist, of a covert narcissist. And, um, yeah, so that's like something you want to look at. You know, am I blaming or am I always blaming myself? Because that's the funny part, too, is actually when my parents were blaming me, I was actually standing and listening and taking it all on, Right? Telling myself, I'm taking it on mom and dad, you know, you guys are, you can't do it, I'm, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? I'm taking on the responsibility, I'm taking on the blame. So if that was you too, then you're more likely in a relationship to blame because you're over, you you over accepted blame in childhood, right? Overly. I mean, you criticized and blamed yourself for things that there's no way that you could blame yourself for. And then of course, you compensate for that in your relationship. Now, this could also be the true, of course, when it's the other way around. Like, if your partner is blaming you or the guy that you're dating, right? And you're like, okay, like, maybe he's willing to go into therapy, do some work around that, because that can definitely be shifted. And it's oftentimes actually a sign more of helplessness and fear than it is about of aggression. Now, if you still want to know how to heal your love blueprint and take my free love pattern quiz at getlovequiz.com or simply click the link in my bio, uh, here in my uh, description, comments below. And otherwise, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.